We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye, hitting with a solo recap of the Nets win over the Hornets, 98-94. Back-to-back wins for the Brooklyn Nets for the first time this season. We're going to jump to that and plenty more. Make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. But first, a quick shout-out to our guy, Jack Manuel. Happy birthday to him for his U.S. birthday. Yesterday was his Australian birthday. Appreciate Jack and everything he does for the podcast. Hopefully he's having a great time celebrating, and I'm sure he's happy about back-to-back Nets wins. We're going to jump into this Hornets win right now in a game in which the Nets did not shoot well. You know, they shot 12 of 36, and hopefully these stats are right. If you watch the game, you're aware of the stats freezing in the third quarter and not ever being updated on NBA.com or ESPN, at least the night of the game. So we're going to trust Google for this stuff. And they had the Nets shooting 33 of 84 from the field at 39% and 12 of 36 from three, 33% after a night where they shot over 50% from the field. And close to 50% from three in Washington. This was a drop-off, and it wasn't because they weren't generating great shots. They generated a ton of great looks and were just missing shots. You know, maybe there weren't as many opportunities in the paint for Nick Claxton. Some of that's him being in foul trouble, and that's also, you know, the Hornets, I think, being a little bit better defensively than what we saw from Washington last night, especially with the way they double-teamed Kevin Durant. You know, in the last recap, we talked about how Washington essentially instantly doubled him, but it wasn't the fact that they instantly doubled him. It was the way in which they were doing it, you know, coming from the high side and essentially just giving the Nets open threes or just breaking down their defense and not really having even a chance to rotate properly. You know, the Hornets did a better job of making that a little bit more difficult, especially when the Nets had non-shooters on the floor. You know, I thought you saw some good counters from Jock Vaughn in that fourth quarter, you know, essentially, you know, playing with three shooters on the floor and then allowing uh, KD and Utah to run some two-man game. You know, sometimes it was Cam and KD running a two-man game, but a nice job reacting from Jacques Vaughn and playing, you know, five spaced out, especially with Clax being in foul trouble. You know, it worked out well. And like I said, you know, the shots just weren't falling. You know, they generated a ton of good looks. You know, Joe Harris at one point was 0 of 4 in this game. I think he finished something like 1 of 6 from 3, and maybe one of those looks was contested. You know, Royce O'Neal probably in the same boat, probably something like two of five or two of six from three. Uh, Seth Curry was able to knock one down, but other than that, you know, just not great production from the three-point line, and that's going to happen, but you expect a little bit more, and obviously this is 
a little bit of a outlier situation given Seth and Joe are both coming back from ankle injuries and not necessarily fully healthy. You know, you see with Joe, his conditioning isn't there. His shots have been short for the last week. And Seth Curry, you can tell he's just not very comfortable on the floor yet. And he only played a, a short stint in this game. But Overall, really happy with the win. You know, finding a way to win when your offense isn't cooking because the Nets held the Hornets to 37% from the field and 33% from three. So that that's just a great effort defensively. You know, Hornets, not a super talented team. LaMelo Ball being out and Gordon Hayward, but you still have to win. And it is the second night of a back-to-back. And we've seen this net team in the past just kind of collapse. The Hornets had a, four, uh, a 12-point lead in the fourth quarter of this game. And the Nets ended the game on a 29-14 to run to get that win. And and the game instantly changed in the fourth when Kevin Durant came in. You know, the Nets went on a 12-0 run, and you just saw energy and life to the offense in the defense. And that's been something that's really fun to watch the last two games. Just Kevin Durant, you know, lead this team and lead these role players and these guys and kind of help them play even better, you know. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's a guy that kind of feels like he's take Katie's kind of taking him under his wing a little bit in terms of like telling him where to be on the floor and trusting him, you know, hitting him in the corner for a wide open three or having the trust to call him up to run a pick and pop and be in the right spot to catch the pass when the double team is coming. And I think it's easy to appreciate a player like Utah is just because of the energy and effort he plays with. And you're just very happy to see him kind of hit that next level and look like he's becoming a consistent role player in the NBA. And that hasn't been the case for the first couple of years of his career. So really happy with him and the progress he's made and his three-point shooting continues to be really good on those open looks. 
So that's a guy that I was impressed with. Another guy that really stepped up, and he stepped up last night again tonight, and that was Cam Thomas. You know, 29 minutes, 21 points, three rebounds, three assists, and kind of was a steadying force offensively and gave the Nets just another option, another guy that could create, especially with Kevin Durant, I think, being a little bit more tired in the second half of this game as well as just – the Nets not knocking down threes. They needed somebody go in the paint and make some shots, and Cam Thomas did that. You know, he was the guy that knocked down, you know, the shot that gave the Nets the lead, that broke the tie. He also had an excellent play defensively where he shot the gap and got the steal and got to the free throw line. You know, those are the plays that are going to help Cam stay on the floor. But really what's stuck out for Cam over the last two games is there's at best really been one to two bad shots or rush shots. A lot of the play of Cam Thomas has been under control in the offense and setting others up and playing his part. And as I said yesterday on the recap, you can see the chemistry he has with Kevin Durant and the trust those two have between each other and just where to be on the floor. And with Kyrie being out and being unknown when he's going to return, you know, this this is a great player to have. And 29 minutes tonight, I think moving forward when Kyrie is out, Cam is a guy that's probably going to have to play close to 30 minutes because you need his ball handling, you need his creation, you need his scoring. And if he's going to be, you know, at the least average defensively, that's fine. You know, and as I mentioned on Twitter, the real issue with him is just kind of having a better understanding of switching and what to do off ball when you're switched. You know, sometimes Cam's, Cam is in a switch. He doesn't realize that his teammate switched on his his offensive player, and now he's trying to recover onto him instead of you know finding the open man on the floor. And that's just I think some film work and just a more more reps running the switching style defense hopefully can kind of allow him to have a better understanding because really that's really the only negative mark while watching him play in this game. And that's that's a huge improvement. And this is a, a year two jump that's been great for him. Another guy who's made a jump this year is Nick Claxton. 11 points, 9 rebounds, 3, three assists, 25 minutes. Clax didn't play a lot in this one due to some foul trouble. And also, I think the Nets liking what they were getting from a space floor. But you saw plays in this game where he was muscling Mason Plumley, you know, ripping the rebound down and going up strong and finishing inside. And these are plays last year where he tried to maybe have to finish with a soft layup or just get out positioned and moved or just not able to grab the offensive rebound. So this jump for him is huge. And you love to see him kind of excel and become the player that we want him to be. And you get these little flashes of him in transition. You saw that again today, you know, leading the break and looking comfortable. And even he grabbed a defensive rebound in this game and then went behind his back to kind of protect the ball. There's not many bigs like Nick Claxton that can do this in the league. So I think there's even more potential for him to unlock in the future. But for his current stint and what he's doing is exactly what the Nets, I think, are looking at, f- looking uh, from him for. So shout out Clax for another really good game. And obviously Kevin Durant carried this team, you know, MVP level again tonight, 27 points, seven rebounds, two assists, maybe not as great of shot making at times, you know, miss some looks that he typically hits, but also, you know, it's a second night of a back-to-back, and he's a guy who's seeing the attention of the entire opposing team on a nightly basis. And not as many assists, but I think, again, that's more of the Hornets doing a better job of rotating off of their double teams for KD, and also guys not knocking down their shots. You know, we talked about 30, around 30% from three. You know, there was missed opportunities for KD to have more assists and more points in this game. But overall, really happy with his leadership intensity he's playing with. And you can see his enjoyment after the game of just getting the win. And you heard him in the press conference kind of talk about like, this is just, just getting back on the court is what this team needed to do. You know, obviously, 
a million things going on off the court, a ton of distractions, but this group came to play the last two nights and played with great energy and effort and played the right way, and they came away with wins. You know, tonight easily could have been a loss, and they could have looked back down, you know, when they were down 12, 12 in the fourth quarter, but KD came in, turned, in the, turned up the group, and they were able to make the strides necessary to get this win. Moving on to Joe Harris, finished with five points, seven rebounds, two assists. You know, Joe was good in other areas of the game, but three-point shooting is obviously hampering the offense and hampering his play. And the Nets desperately need him to, you know, step up in that area. And yeah, there is somewhat of a, you know, a cushion period. And it's the second out of a back-to-back and he's coming off the ankle injury. But you love to see some of those shots start to go down and him get his conditioning back up. You can tell he's a little winded out there. And as I mentioned before, all of his threes have been short, usually telling of guys not having their legs under him. So give Joe a couple more weeks or days and we'll see where he kind of reacts. Royce O'Neal. Um, coming off two really good games, wasn't bad tonight, just wasn't able to knock down his shots and wasn't as effective offensively. Some of that's Hornets did a better job of staying in front of him and there weren't as many open lanes and also him just not being able to knock down his threes tonight. It was a little easier for the defense to sag off, but still finished with five assists at six points and four rebounds. Edmund Sumner didn't play quite as much in this one, finished with six points, one assist and four rebounds. I think a lot of that too was just, you know, the three-point shooting and the Hornets leaving him open in the corner. And that was the guy that they were willing to kind of leave out there. I will say about Sumner, you appreciate the defensive effort he plays with consistently. And that's something that you can appreciate as a fan, as a coach, as a player, you know, always trying to make a play defensively and being active and putting in all that effort out there. Uh, Moving on to Seth Curry, played 15 minutes in this game, scored three points. And that's really it. You know, again, mentioned similar with Joe, Seth is even fresher off his ankle injury. And as mentioned, he does not feel 100%. It's going to be something that takes some time for him to kind of get back to normal. And you can see that he doesn't look comfortable. It'd be great if there was another blowout game in the future and you could kind of let him unload a ton of shots in the fourth quarter because that's really what he needs. He needs to just get some minutes out there and get more comfortable being back on an NBA court and kind of almost get his conditioning right so he can be mobile as mobile as he'd like and move as much as he'd like off ball. Patty Mills, short stint in this game, but did produce 11 points and two assists. Uh, played 13 minutes, so credit Patty for you know having good spurts. And that's really, I think, moving forward for Patty Mills, that's the ideal role for him. As the Nets try to improve defensively, he's going to struggle. Wasn't too bad tonight. You know, there were some guys on the Hornets that he could defend. But overall, these little three-point bursts or these three-point shots coming off screens, knocking down here or there, that's what you're looking for from Patty Mills. And he gave the Nets that tonight. Another guy who played in a short burst, uh, David Duke Jr., wasn't amazing, but I thought defensively played with some good energy, trying to stay in front of guys. It's just the lack of three-point shooting is going to be hard to keep him on the floor. You know, you saw tonight that the Hornets did a substantially better job of not defending the Nets, you know, non-three-point shooters at the three-point line. The Wizards did not. Maybe some of that Steve Clifford having a great knowledge of this team, but overall, it's going to be something that hinders them when they're when they're down star players, but also when they're looking to be efficient offensively. You know, give KD space and he can cook. He can operate and he can look like the player he was tonight and last night. That's that's going to be a huge balancing act for whoever's the head coach moving forward for this team. Uh, Markeith Morris played six minutes. Did not look great. You know, uh, Markeith is another guy I think's conditioning really isn't there, but his three-point shot was off. And if he's not hitting that, it's not he's not necessarily providing a ton of value to the offense. You did have the one, you know, isolation post uh, possession in this game where he he faded away on a spin move and 
it, it was an air ball, you know, not great stuff. And that's going to be an area for the Nets to, to hopefully get TJ Warren and get some other guys back. And they can fill in some of these minutes where the guys just didn't produce or just aren't ready to play in that type of role. But as I've said, you know, overall, you're happy with this win. You're happy with the stepping stones the Nets have had the last two games. You know, these aren't great teams. The Hornets, again, another team that will probably be in the lottery at best in the play-in and will look a lot better when LaMelo and Gordon Hayward are on the floor. But the Nets have to play who's in front of them, and they're down a couple guys themselves, and they want to react and just play good basketball and build these habits. And they have the Mavs on Monday who – are a substantially better team than the last two opponents. It's going to take a better effort offensively for them to win that game. They're going to have to start knocking down shots if they're going to look to beat better opponents. And even in this game, if the Nets shoot 40% from three, it's an easy double-digit win. But that's not going to happen every night. So you appreciate the team kind of fighting through and finding a way to win in this type of situation. But against bigger opponents, it's not going to be quite as easy. You know, defensively, it's not going to be as easy either. You know, guys aren't going to be missing a ton of threes and guys aren't going to be turning the ball over and, you know, kind of giving you easier defensive possessions. Going against a guy like Luca on Monday, we've already seen him once a season. It's a lot to handle and there's not necessarily a right defense to play against him. It's more so about, you know, switching it up and kind of making him think on the floor and making him earn every inch on the floor. Uh, But on that note, we did have a couple things uh, updated on the Kyrie Irving front. Shams tweeted during the game, sources, Nets have delivered Kyrie Irving six items he must complete to return to the team. Number one, apologize and condemn the movie. Number two, a $500,000 donation to an anti-hate causes, uh, sensitivity training, anti-Semitic training, meet with the ADL Jewish leaders, meet with Josiah to demonstrate understanding. So that was a list that was reported by Shams. We had you know some of these items listed in a Woj report yesterday. Obviously, we're not sure how factual this is, but for the most part, Shams has gotten almost everything spot on. And we know this is likely coming from Kyrie Irving. You know, you can make your own decision if you think this is fair or unfair. I think there is, you know, maybe some questionable details of, you know, these items. But I would also say the Nets are are sending more so a message to Kyrie. I don't think it's just about the most recent incident. I think it's about his entire tenure as a Net and them trying to dictate the terms and saying like, hey, we're in charge. If you want to be back with the team, we're going to need you to do this. And like I said, you can view that however you like. You know, well, Jack and I will probably jump to a little deeper discussion on this on Monday, but it's it's more more uh, updates on the situation and we'll see what happens. You know, there's been a lot of talk. Has Kyrie played his last game as a net? Will he complete these items? Will he, you know, decide to move on from basketball. Who really knows? I think, as I said yesterday, this team is unpredictable. A lot of these players are unpredictable. We are just going to go with the flow and continue to have updates when updates are given to us and try to enjoy these games with Kevin Durant. As I mentioned yesterday, you have no idea how long he will be a Brooklyn net, but these games with Kevin Durant plus role players have been really fun the last two seasons, you know, KD plus kids or KD plus role players, whatever you want to call it. It it um, has just that enjoyable basketball because it's really just about basketball and they play a team game, you know, offensively and defensively. And this one, you know, there were some stagnant possessions in that third quarter where the Nets only scored 17 points. But some of that, too, is just guys missing shots on the perimeter and other guys trying to make plays and go one on one a little bit, which typically does happen over the course of an NBA game. But 
it's still been fun. It's been enjoyable. You, you're going to take a win whenever you can get one and a back-to-back. So happy about that. Happy about what's the way Kevin Durant's playing with the way uh, Cam Thomas is playing. Uh, Utah Watanabe is playing. You know, guys are, are finding roles and improving right now. And Nick Claxton, and hopefully they can build on it and find a way to get a win Monday against the Mavericks. As always, appreciate everybody for listening and check out the buzz on all stream platforms. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.